everyone. Welcome back to Teen Talk, the original podcast by Through Teen Lenses, which highlights real-world issues through teen perspectives. Today is Sunday, December 11th, 2022. My name is Maya Neme, and I'm a senior in high school and the host of today's podcast. Today, I am going to be talking with Grayson Houston Henderson, a sophomore at Washington International School. Grayson has dedicated most of his life to grassroots fundraising for sea turtle conservation. He founded a nonprofit organization, the Sea Turtle Conservation Fund, or STCF for short, which has raised over $60,000 since 2011. Grayson, thank you for joining me today. To start, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and why you became interested in sea turtle conservation? Yeah, of course. Well, thank you for having me. So um, sea turtle conservation for me, it started about when I was five years old, right, 2011, when um, my grandparents have a beach house down in North Carolina on a little barrier reef island called Topsail Island. And down there, we have a really high um, sea turtle nesting population. So we have about 150 to 200 nests each year on this 26 mile long stretch of beach. And essentially, I was out one night, we we're not beachfront, we're the road back from beachfront, but our neighbors have a house on the beach and they were seeing one night there were a bunch of volunteers out there that had these red lights and they were shining it up on sea turtle nests, right? So they thought that something was going to happen, that it was going to hatch, right? And it's a big thing when a turtle nest hatches because a lot of the people that are on this island are renting the house and they've never seen a sea turtle nest hatch before. So it's a, it's a, it's a really exciting thing to see. So I was five years old. I, I wanted to go see it. So my whole family, we all ran and ran over to the beach and I got to see my first sea turtle nest hatch there. And that was a, that, that was a really inspiring moment for me. And I saw the volunteers working, um, working because the challenge with the, with sea turtles is that they're, they're an endangered species. So under North Carolina law, you, as a conservation organization, your work has to, um, basically the work has to impact the sea turtles at a, at a very direct level. It's very challenging to justify conservation work if you're not actually working with the turtles. So what we'll do, um, and I, I now work with this program, it's called the Karen Beasley Sea Turtle Rescue and Rehabilitation Center, is we'll go out and we have, we have a sea turtle hospital where we bring in sick and injured sea turtles, as well as our beach program, which is essentially we'll go out and we'll mark, monitor, and sit the nest until they hatch in order to ensure that any, um, any human or um, other interference is limited. Therefore, uh, in order to make it so that as many sea turtles can make it from the nest to the ocean as possible, just because the just the inherent survival rate of out at, out at the ocean is very low. Um, so I became inspired when I saw all, saw the conservation work they were doing. But at that time, I was too young to do it myself. I you have to be thirteen to um to to work with with this program. So I started fundraising. That first year, I raised about four hundred dollars, and from each year on out, it um the the amount that I raised increased. So I ran it in a fairly informal operation, right? Just I would raise the money. I would we would transfer it through our account and then just transfer it to the Sea Turtle Hospital, right? Because I, I was young and we didn't really know where it was gonna go, so we weren't gonna basically establish ourselves as a five hundred one c three when I'm eight years old and don't know if this is gonna last. But I continued doing it. I enjoyed it, and I made the determination about um, it'll be two years ago in April that I wanted to establish myself up as a, as a five hundred one c three nonprofit essentially because it will it provides me with the ability to one provide donors with um with uh tax deductions but as well as opens me up to the ability to solicit donations from 
or organizations, corporations, or partner with small businesses to just increase the amount of ways that we can raise money because that is what we do. We're, we're a fund that we raise money, then we distribute it to sea turtle hospitals and conservation organizations around the world. So I established us as a 501c3 and basically the rest is history. I just, I continue doing the same work that I have been for the past 11 years. Well, yeah, 11 years. And I, I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. That's so interesting to hear about your journey and how your work has really evolved from this kind of informal fundraising to obviously this well-established nonprofit. So I'm just wondering, what were some of the biggest challenges that you experienced when you first started fundraising and were trying to gain traction and be taken seriously, even though you were really young at the time? Um, I'll be honest, I probably couldn't, I can't answer that question very well because at a young age, you don't really... It was more fun for me than I, I didn't really see it as work, right? It was it was more fun. So I would, you know, as, as always, you're asking people for their money and you'll get the no's, right? But at that age, it was kind of like, all right, you said no. And then I just go to the next person because I would be fundraising out on the street in front of Starbucks, like a Starbucks or a coffee shop with my stand. And if someone says no, I kind of just was like, all right, you don't want to give me your money. I'll go to the next person. And I would... I didn't really have any challenges at that point because a lot of it too, and we joke about it in my family that at that point it was the cuteness factor that like at, at five years old, I was running around and and asking for donations for sea turtle conservation. And then to be honest, the challenges in terms of being taken seriously or getting donations at a grassroots level probably started more when I was in that 12 to 13 year old range because that's when like the cuteness factors eliminated and it's actually like, people see you asking for their money for what it is you're asking them for their money as a donation versus, oh, this cute kid is asking for a donation. So I think that that was actually probably where more of the challenges started. And that's when I started looking at other ways that I could raise money other than grassroots donations. And I think that's probably where the 501c3 kind of started as a way to become more of a legitimate operation versus just something that being seen as just like a teenager raising money. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So since you mentioned that, especially when you were younger, you saw this as more of an enjoyable, fun thing rather than work. Well, I, well, I have... still see it. I, I still see it as an enjoyable, fun thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I think it was just more that at that young age, it was seen as purely play. Like it was like, I'm just doing this for fun mm -hmm. versus now I kind of understand, like I, I'm doing it for a reason. Because I don't yeah. think at that young age, I could really conceptualize why I was doing it. Just do you have any favorite memories or anecdotes from your time fundraising that you might want to share? I'll be honest with you. In terms of it's in terms of memories, it probably wouldn't be from the actual fundraising. Um, I enjoy it. It's great, but it's it's fairly like systematic, right? It's like I... I have a system, I go out, I raise money, I enjoy it, I love doing it, um, but probably no specific memories. Probably the points where I have specific memories are going out um, at night, because what we'll do is um, when I'm down in North Carolina in the summers, I'll go out every night from about 7 to 11 and actually work with our beach program. I'll, I, I help coordinate it, and we'll sit at um, the nest. So from day 50 to day 60, so 50 days from when the nest was laid, we'll start sitting the nest until it hatches and probably some of the best memories were sitting are sitting out there just talking with people educating people on, on 
the problems that sea turtles are facing and what the what we're what our conservation work is and I enjoy talking with people and connecting with people. So that's probably the most of it, just the general ability to converse with people on something that I care about. So you just kind of alluded to this, but can you talk a little more about this hands-on conservation work that you've done since you were able to be part of that program? The the hospital that I work with, the Karen BZ Sea Shuttle Rescue and Rehabilitation Center was founded by um, informally, and they kind of started the way I started by Karen and Jean Beasley. Jean Beasley was Karen's mother. And I'm still very good friends with Jane Beasley. She's, I, I see her as a mentor, but more as a friend as well. And um, it's called the Karen Beasley Sea Turtle Hospital, well, Risk and Rehabilitation Center, because um, Karen, her daughter, loved turtles. Karen, unfortunately, died at a young age, and the torch was passed on to her mother. Um, Jean is now, she's now retired, and she's on the board of directors, but um, she's still very involved in the hospital. And through my time bringing this money, I would bring literally a bag full of cash um, to the hospital. It wouldn't be like a check or anything. I would, if I got a $1 bill standing outside of a Starbucks on Connecticut Avenue, that same $1 bill would be in that bag that I would hand to her. So I got to see at a young age, a lot of the hands-on stuff they would do. Um, Jean would take me back behind and I would get to look at them feeding the sea turtles or putting them in the rehab tank. So I, at a young age, I got to observe a lot of the hands-on work where at an older age, I began taking more of an interest in it because I'd always seen it, but I'd never been able to do it. So each year I go and I spend a few days where I'll go in and shadow interns in the hospital and I'll look at what they do. So because I'm still a minor, I can't actually physically touch the um, adult sea turtles because it's a liability issue. But Otherwise, I, I can go in and I observe and I do a lot. I work a lot. Sometimes I'll give tours when um, when they're short staffed, I'll step in and talk to visitors. But I a lot of what I do hands on wise is I help with um, the beach program. So the island is divided into three towns. It's Surf City, Topsail Beach and North Topsail. And we have different sections and I work in the Surf City section to where any nest that we have that's over day 50, so and that's been there for 50 days or more, we start sitting it until it hatches. And it's a group of about eight of us per nest. And we essentially ensure, because we have so many visitors on the island, that when they are hatching, that there aren't visitors on the beach that will walk on them or that will pick them up or that there aren't predatory birds. So we, the, what we do in terms of our hands-on is on the beach program side, our goal is to educate and protect just as at the hospital is to educate and then rehabilitate. So um, I really enjoy the hands-on work. Yeah. Um, and then also, since you've been working on this for so much of your life, fundraising and doing this hands-on work really throughout elementary, middle and high school, as you've gotten older, how have you been able to balance your different responsibilities as a student and also as the head of a nonprofit? Um, I mean, it's not like if you're going to be honest about it, I, I, it's not. Yes, I'm listed as the executive director of, of the nonprofit, but it's not like I have a an expansive staff and a, a lot of those responsibilities beyond what I do in terms of fundraising. So in terms of balancing it between my education and and doing doing the sea turtle conservation work, it's not it's not really too challenging because the sole responsibilities that I have in terms of at this point with the nonprofit is the fundraising work and then the hands-on conservation work I do down in the summer. 
Well, with college just a couple of years away, have you thought at all about how your involvement with your nonprofit might change? Do you think you might try to expand it or might have to scale back a little since you'll be really busy? Uh, no, I think I'll, uh, I think I will continue expanding it. Not even like, even if I wasn't applying to colleges right at that point, let's say this was three years ago and I was still, and I was still in like middle school, I probably would continue expanding it just because of the benefits I think it could have for the conservation efforts. Um, I don't plan on scaling it back because of college. Um, of course, I'll put it on stuff like applications, but that's not, I'd, I've made it very clear in talking with, whether it be college advisors or my parents that like no decisions I make in terms of what I do with the fund will be impacted by how it would look on a college application because I don't see it as that. I see it as something I enjoy doing because of the benefits it has for sheet or conservation. Has your interest in sea turtle conservation had all at all gone into like your academic life? Do you think that this is something you might want to pursue as a career? Um, the I, I I'm not a STEM kid, right? I don't. I'm I enjoy. I, I take physics and biology, but I if, I if I'll be fully honest, I tend to favor physics, and then I'm not very big on math, and I I'm. I enjoy, I put it, I'm a fundraiser that happens to have found a passion for sea turtle conservation. I'm, I've always said, I'm, I'm sure that if I hadn't found my passion for sea turtle conservation, that there would have been something else that I would have found a passion for and began fundraising for that. It's just that at such a young age, I found my passion and it happened to be sea turtle conservation. And then I, I think the way that I communicate with people and just the kind of person that I am, I, I tend to speak to most anyone that I see. I don't really, I don't really have a fear of talking to people, which is a blessing as a, or a curse. As a, as a young kid, my parents would always get worried when I go talking to random strangers on the street. But um, I think that the, in terms of fundraising, I love sea turtles and I love their, the conservation of sea turtles because I, I love them as an animal and I found a passion for it. But I think that I would have, I would have been involved in fundraising one way or another. So going back to the, to the original question, I don't think I would go into anything like marine biology or conservation because that's not where I feel like I could provide the most value to the cause of conserving sea turtles. I think that I'd be much better and could provide a lot more value in terms of something like working in the actual operation and expansion of nonprofits for sea turtle conservation or managing programs that work specifically in sea turtle conservation. So what are some takeaways or advice that you'd want to share with teens who want to start their own nonprofits? I mean, that's somewhat the challenge. It's, I think the, the first question you have to ask is, and this is where I see a lot of challenges with kids that are applying to university or for teenagers is that you the, the first step is not wanting to start a, a nonprofit, right? You, you have to walk before you run. So you don't, you need to find something you actually care about and that you actually want to work with, right? So yes, saying I started a nonprofit may look good on an application or may look good in terms of just your CV, but the I think if someone if the question the question would probably be more 
what would I say to someone that's trying to trying to work in conservation or fundraising or whatever it may be? And I think that the first thing is is make sure that you found something you're passionate about, but also something that's realistic, right? I will see kids that'll go out and say, I want to raise a million dollars, right? How, right? So you have to you have to be realistic. And I think that before you even think about going and spending the money and the time that it takes to first become a nonprofit with your state or your district and then um then going through the whole process of getting your your tax EIN and becoming recognized as a 501c3 by the IRS i think that you have to you kind of have to be established right you don't just go create a nonprofit because saying you're a nonprofit is is like flashy and 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 makes it more interesting you have to actually find something and do something before you get to that becoming a nonprofit stage. Yeah, I think that's a really valuable insight. So what is next for you and STCF? Do you have any plans for expansion? Um, I mean, in terms of expansion, this isn't the 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 challenge I have with the terminology expansion is that it's say this isn't a business, so it's very I don't want to look at it in terms of like how I would scale. Um, I think that a lot of it would probably the 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 end goal is always increased donations, right? Increased donations because donations equals impact in ter for for our organization, right? Because we're a fund that distributes funds to um conservation organizations. So I think that it's always just looking at different ways we can raise money, whether it's having multiple grassroots fundraising operations or having events or working with um, small businesses to have roundup for charity programs. I think that it's never going to be, I, I, I never want to be the organization that's going and, and going and lobbying or anything big like that. I just, I want, I think that the most impactful work is where you just have, you keep it with the grassroots, you keep it with the, the kind of one-on-one -on -one fundraising but you just do more of it, right? So instead of just me doing it, I have other other kids that want to, that are interested in sea turtle conservation that come out and help me. So I think it's just overall increasing donation and and the amount of money that comes into the fund each year. Have you done any work for recruitment to get more teens on your team? Um, not at not, not at this point yet because I'm still right right now. What I am focusing on is looking at um looking at the different ways to work with the because dc has a, a wide variety of small businesses right so looking at how i can work with them to um to to start a roundup for charity operation um but within the next few months i will start looking into working with other kids to start fundraising that all sounds really cool and i'd love to hear how that goes over the next couple of months so once again, Grayson, thank you so much for joining me and discussing your work with STCF. I really wish you the best in your journey. All right. Thank you very much. To everyone listening, be sure to check out STCF's socials linked in our description. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Teen Talk, hosted by Through Teen Lenses.